0: Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 536. Just me and Jason. uh, We're going to come back over Walter Russell for a few reasons, actually. If people have not read like the Universal One or other Walter Russell works, actually I think his wife even wrote some pretty important stuff, but basically the Walter Russell stuff, uh, it would serve you well. The title alone speaks of a truth that I accept, the Universal One. It seems to me that everything that we can accept as real in our illusory material reality uh, is proven true through nature and nature alone. And in that, if it is true and we can accept it as true or existing, it all relates back. As an example of that, everything vibrates. So if I'm experiencing a color or any other thing and I go down through nature, I end up realizing that frequency is the foundational cause, if that's even the right way to say that. But it's been quite a while, Jason, since we've covered Walter Russell. And during, it was either, I think it was during the so-called pandemic, uh, we helped keep the museum from going under. And since that time, uh, I think they've had a political upheaval at the Walter Russell Museum, um, which I think they beat off. Maybe I could choose my words better, That they uh, fought off and i think there's a whole new management over there but do you remember anything else
1: no but i'm very glad to know that the walter russell museum still exists
0: uh it it was literally on the brink of going down which was true of so many things and this is about to happen again Uh, we're hearing rumblings that they're going to go for another lockdown and if that happens and people comply uh, imagine the rest of the businesses that happened to make it one way by hook or crook through the last one, how many are going to go away? I mean, the real push here is to get everything online, eventually some kind of an online passport and on and on we go. But do you, do you have any inkling what day this episode's coming out, Jason? But while you're checking, uh, I'm going to try to get Athan Kamenti back because he has done such a spot on job using sidereal astrology of kind of framing what's coming. I mean, an incredible job. As a matter of fact, the best job that I've ever seen, even to the point where he predicted to the day uh, when vaccines would come available in my area. It was to the day. If I remember, I think it was like the 14th of December. I don't remember. I'm guessing.
1: Looks like September 13th.
0: September 13th. So, So we'll talk a little bit about it. We're hearing inklings that frequency pulsing, Maybe in the offing. And we know certainly that there's been an announcement about October 4th that they're going to light up every phone with a so-called test warning, like maybe like an Amber Alert uh, from, I believe, the Department of Homeland Security. And what I'm hearing is it's supposedly going to light up everything that's connected to the internet this time, not just texts. Uh, I have heard, and I have not done the research on this yet, that it's going to happen at 2.20. And this brings us to the 22 idea, which I've been talking with Jason and Fortune quite a bit lately, to the point where I went back and watched V for Vendetta, because that's wholly basically about our country. Uh, it's kind of hidden in the narrative of being about a British thing. Uh, the narrative is wrapped up in that, but everything is a 22 in there. And as anyone who thinks knows, we're on the 22nd anniversary of 9 11, which is the holy grail for the current. Push that we see in the societal engineering. With that, should I add anything else, Jason? I guess I should. If you haven't thought about it, you should probably think about being able to remove all the Wi Fi from your house if the need ever arises. Um, Do you have a way to simply take all Wi Fi down? And while we all know that the neighbors and everyone around us is blasting it, um, that should be a thought in everyone's head. And more so, have you ever thought about where's a room where you get the least exposure to such things? And while this sounds a bit fear porny, to me, it's common sense. I have all the Wi-Fi in my house uh, down to one little plug. What would you add, Jason?
1: So, yeah, it's really hard because even if you unplug everything, they spend a lot of time putting up the uh, towers and all that sort of thing. And It really doesn't save you if your neighbors have stuff just blasting everywhere as well. And how many of us live like right next door to somebody where you could just throw a tomato at their house if you wanted to? If you could throw a tomato at their house and hit it, probably pick it up their Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, you can do a little look up for October 4. What I will be doing, some people are claiming if your phone is off, it's still going to happen. Some people are claiming if you've turned off all your alerts and even the government alerts that it's still going to happen. I don't know if any of that is true, but I certainly know that it's possible. What I will be doing is taking everything that's internet from my computer to, I guess, there is one television in the house um, that is hardwired to the internet. All that will be unplugged. On the 4th, my phone will be off and I'm going to wrap it in tin foil. Um, seems a bit extreme, but I'm not taken part in any of this. I am opting out entirely. But with that, we've got Walter Russell on the table. If there's nothing you want to add, uh, let's jump in. And by the way, we are trying to get Athens as quickly as we can to cover what's probably going to be a very eventful
1: fall and winter. To review, Walter Bowman Russell lived from May 19th, 1871 to May 19th, 1963 He was an impressionist American painter of the Boston School, sculptor, mystic, and author. The mainstream says that his lectures and writing place him firmly in the New Thought Movement. The New Thought Movement, also called the Higher Thought Movement, is a spiritual movement that coalesced in the United States in the early 19th century. New thought was seen by its adherents as succeeding ancient thought, accumulated wisdom and philosophy from a variety of origins.
0: So, I'm going to try to do the story from memory. Um, I believe it's in the beginning of the Universal One. There was a book which ended up being the Universal One that Walter Russell wanted to publish. He didn't have the money, if I'm getting the story right. And people can look it up and correct whatever I blow because I'm just drawing from memory. Uh, A doctor friend determined that it was so valuable that he would foot the bill with no intention of recouping. I think that's the way the story goes. Uh, The book is beautiful, beautifully bound, and the illustrations are hand-drawn in the original version that you get. It's a blue book, and I think it's got gold leaf inset on the cover, the universal one. To me, these are books that everyone should have. One, particularly if you're homeschooling young children. The drawings, the hand drawn drawings alone uh, impart to you the importance of a spiral and of negative and positive polarities. And of course, these go back to the most ancient teachings that anyone holds up as important, all the thought stuff all, just everything includes versions of this. If you want to talk about correspondence or, you know, gender, all these things which are critically important if you begin to think about how does this place actually truly function using nature as the guide, uh, what he put together in this book is, is indispensable basic learning from my point of view.
1: The New Age movement, which emerged in the 1960s and 1970s, seems to be unrelated to Walter Russell's use of the term new age. The mainstream new age seems to be a social engineering agenda far different from what Walter Russell referred to as a new age in June of 1932, when he answered questions for John Dittmore in a pamphlet about the Universal One, which was published in 1926, in 1943 in the draft to the Cosmic Plan, which was never published, in the Divine Iliad II in 1949, and in the New Concept of the Universe in February of 1953. Dr. Russell saw a new age coming in human relations as transmutation slowly unfolds its new world for man and as a result of the marriage of religion and science. So let's just
0: be certain that the new age being referenced here has nothing to do with the psychological operation, which we can track back to Tavistock, which is part of the 60s breaking of the moral values in the family unit in the. Uh, In the Western world and beyond, and this also includes, sometimes gets called the Aquarian Conspiracy, the Age of Aquarius, all this kind of social engineering terms. Uh, They're completely separate and independent, and actually this precedes that because that engineering happens in the 60s. So just to be perfectly clear, let's push in a little more.
1: In 1947-48, Dr. Russell wrote... This new age is marking the dawn of a new world thought. That new thought is a new cosmic concept of the value of man to man. The whole world is discovering that all mankind is one and that the unity of man is real, not just an abstract idea. Mankind is beginning to discover that the hurt of any man hurts every man and, conversely, the uplift of any man uplifts every man. He maintained that students of the Russell cosmogony would be the seeds of the new age. So back in the
0: day here, he's realizing that in fact, we're coming into a new age. He's calling it an age. I I always hedge my bet and call it an era because I'm not informed or bright enough to actually be able to stamp. This is the, the marker, which is kind of ridiculous because it seems to me like it's something I should be able to do. I've tried so many times, And every time I walk away with a little bit of doubt, but to get back to it, this is important. This whole paragraph that Jason just read, this is the age marking a dawn of new world thought. And when we look around, what's going on? We see the powers that be or authority or whatever the heck you'd like to call them trying to cap exactly that to replace this new way of thinking with fear to inject people with things that make them sick, because when you're not well, you're not going to think about things, you're ill. And all these things that we see going on around us, if you consider what are some of the effects, it's pretty clear that if we were about to have a big consciousness push or a revamping of the way the entire world thinks about itself, is what we see going on around us a direct assault on that. For my money, I would say it
1: absolutely is. Stepping back to May of 1921, Walter Russell says that he had a transformational, revelatory event that he later described in a chapter called The Story of My Illumining in the 1950 edition of his home study course. He said, during that period, I could perceive all motion and was newly aware of all things. Russell used the terminology of Richard Maurice Buck in his book, Cosmic Consciousness, to explain cosmic illumination. Later, he wrote, it will be remembered that no one who has ever had the experience of illumination has been able to explain it. I deem it my duty to the world to tell of it. So, this is the thing. One
0: of the main sources of all he laid down in books and teachings is based, what was it? Was it 39 days, Jason? I don't remember exactly. Did you come across it that he was illuminated for 30, 30 some days, I think?
1: I'm not sure the exact time.
0: I'm not sure. I, think, I want to say it's 36 or 38 days, but for some period of time, he was illuminated. And isn't it interesting that he speaks of it in that way? It's almost like one day he was just you know, seeking Walter Russell and all of a sudden he can see everything from motion to everything else, almost like maybe what Iboga or ayahuasca, you know, people try to explain how they're perceiving reality. Um, I would place actual natural illumination, many thousands of steps beyond that experience, but my point being, and then it ended and he set about writing And I would, even if you just go online and look for the hand-drawn illustrations, uh, his art's very interesting too, by the way, he's no slouch as an artist, but all the spirals and the negative positive aspects and how things move and it's all things. And he's going all the way down to like, if you were going to consider frequency at the base of things, it's just very interesting. And I would urge everyone to be exposed to these ideas.
1: And by the way, his illumination experience had nothing to do with taking a substance.
0: No. Uh, in his case, well, you know, I think maybe meditation may have been part of it. But to me, it's like the old idea of asking for a teacher. And when, you, when you're ready, one shows up. Maybe it's a bit like that. Seeking, uh, letting the universe know that you want to go further and however that works, being deemed worthy. And then the door or the window opens and you peer through. But it's endlessly interesting to me that he outlines each time that it was this finite set of days. You know, it, it didn't, it's not just like we, we typically think of illumination as, oh, now, now that person's illuminated forever. Uh, it's almost like a window was open for a pretty decent period of time, and he observed what he observed, and
1: then it was over. Quote, I believe that there is but one thinker in the universe, that my thinking is his thinking, and that every man's thinking is an extension, through God, of every other man's thinking. I therefore think that the greater the exaltation and ecstasy of my thinking, the greater the standards of all man's thinking will be. Each man is thus empowered to uplift all men as each drop of water uplifts the entire ocean.
0: There it is reverting back to nature to use the old cliche to try to communicate what's being said here. Basically, it's referencing a rising tide raises all boats going back to the truth of nature, which is undeniable. The tide comes in, not just the fancy boats or the rich boats or the best boats. Every boat is lifted by that tide. And what he has encapsulated in this quote from himself is the way I live my life. I can get to a point where I've lost all hope or I'm beaten down or I'm thinking, what's even the point? This is the point. If I can do something worthwhile, something beneficial, something good, then I have in essence lifted the entirety of all human consciousness to some degree. Unfortunately, I'm not the mightiest of the mighty, so it might be a very small amount, but nonetheless, it is a measurable amount. Now, when we go over to thinking like this fear porn that's about to light up everything that is on the internet, supposedly on October 4th, that is the exact opposite. That is the lowering of all minds and in mass. So you can kind of see if there is any reality to what's being said here. And I accept every day, all day long, that it is absolutely true. That's me. That's my decision. My point of view to accept that this is correct is that each person that makes the effort to do better and recognizes that we are all connected is working in the opposite direction of what will happen supposedly on the 4th of October in 2023.
1: Man is at the crossroads of his unfolding. The old way of life, which built his empires of hate and fear, must be abandoned. This coming age must be built upon God's one law of balanced interchange in all human relations. There is no other alternative. To continue the old way means the destruction of civilization by multiplied hate. To follow the new path will mean the multiplication of love, which alone will bring peace, happiness, and prosperity to man. It's
0: almost like you just want to pull every paragraph that Jason is reading and put it on an endless loop in your home. It's just like it's a blanket that you want to be surrounded by what's being said here is the antithesis of what we see being perpetrated against the world and you know it is quite baffling why any living being would want to participate in the antithesis of what we are reading which is true and compassionate and good and associate you know we can associate this with the creation and the creator why would anyone even want to go the other way well i guess the truth is There are living beings here, whatever, or whoever they may be that are far different than I am. Uh, The point being is that if each one of us was in a good moral place with a, a moral compass pinned on north and defended, what's going on around us couldn't survive at all. And yet what we see in essence is this push to, as Walter Russell puts it here, To continue the old ways means the destruction of civilization
1: by multiplied hate. Man's comprehension has been limited to the range of his senses. Man is now unfolding beyond the range of material sensing in the direction of cosmic knowing. Science is doing this for him. Science is slowly but surely verifying the personal God of man's demanding and identifying the invisible Spiritual personal being of man with the invisible spiritual personal being of God. Science is thus replacing man's abstract God of faith and belief with a dynamic God of law and order whom man knows. The abstract God of faith and belief is the direct cause of man's many religions, for abstractions have bred many concepts of God where knowledge can conceive but the One. Faith and belief are the shield of ignorance. If anyone out
0: there has the wherewithal, you know, Jason, we had it back in the day when we knew everyone who was running the Walter Russell Museum, we had discount codes. We should try to reach out again before this goes live. As a matter of fact, Rose, if you're if you're listening, let's make a note to try to reach out and see if we can get a discount code so people can get and afford to have a
1: copy of minimally the universal one. Anyhow, go, go ahead. God's thinking and imagining are qualities of God's knowing. God's knowing mind is timeless and still. So also are God's thinking and imagining timeless and still. So likewise, man's thinking and imagining are as timeless and still as is his knowing. Stillness never can be motion or become motion, but it can appear to be. Motion merely seems, but stillness always is. The universal equilibrium can never be other than its own balance, but it can seem to be. The illusion, which is motion, springs from stillness and returns to stillness. This is a universe of rest. There is not but rest in the universe.
0: These are ideas that I don't think anyone has really bumped into in the average course of a lifetime. But let's blow out for a second a little bit about the idea of language. We get hung up on the religions because most of us have given up on corporate-based religions. We've kind of seen through. Uh, We've recognized that they're in it for their own reasons, that they have a party line. They're basically a corporation. What more do you need to, to say? Does a corporation fit with a spiritual seeker? To me, that's oil and water. I don't know how other people feel about it. And in essence, what this does is the organized religions, which have been shrinking and shrinking, um, wasn't too many years ago, I saw was the Church of England down to 1% of, you know, new new adherents or something like this. The point is something new is going to come. But let's go back to the language. Some of the oldest language attached to things that I think about would be like the word temple. And while it's obvious that we have a temple on our body, it's our head. And these things are not just by coincidence and chance. There's a reason that was called a temple, but let's take apart the word. Let's get back to the natural idea to try to find some truth in it. Where does that come from? Well, if you do a search, you can lead it back probably to a Latin word or something similar tempus, T E M P U S, tempus. And that will have to do with time. Then if we put on our thinking caps and put one and one together. Well, what is time? Well, it's the sky clock, isn't it? That's how we mark and measure it. The sun, that's how we get a year. Used to be the moon gave us a month, the month, but let's just stick with the sun. So when we're talking about a temple and we see all these old religions, clearly what modern minds like to defame them. Oh, those barbarians were worshiping the sun. Well, this is fear porn. They were appreciating the fact that they recognized that time is associatable with the light of the world. And it goes far beyond this kind of trivial explanation. But the point I'm making is even from the word temple, have you ever taken the time to lead it back to realize that we're basically talking about the sky clock? And then if we go over to ideas like Freemasonry, which everyone loves to hate on, for me, I don't appreciate the secretive nonsense that they've done, but I'm very interested in what they know and what they research. As a matter of fact, Jason just sent me a book on it. And in that, it talks about the Royal Arch. And what is it? It's the sky clock, but it's the sky clock at a very specific time. Interestingly enough, it's the sky clock from a time long ago. So we have to adjust our current calendar to go out and look up at the sky to see the royal arch they are referring to with the proper constellation on top as it was two, three, however many thousands of years ago it was, which leads me to another idea. How is it that the zodiac and the sky clock and the sun and the the shameful, you know, accusation of being a sun worshiper have all been levied to pull us away from what Walter Russell is showing is part of the universal one. I mean, it's just something to think about,
1: maybe. Mind knows it's one idea of creation as one whole. Mind thinks it's one whole idea into seeming parts. Hence, the illusion of motion, which we call creation, and the illusion of substance, which we call matter. Matter, motion, time, change, dimension, and substance have no existence. The light of knowing mind alone exists. There is but one mind and one thinker. The one light of knowing mind is self of God. It is the universal self which centers all omnipresent, self-creating bodies of God-selves. This self-creating universe is the mind-imagined body of God and record of God's thinking. We can know God. We cannot know his body, but we see it. Likewise, we can know man. We cannot know the body of man, but we can see it. What God is, man is. God and man are one.
0: You know, it's almost like everything about modern systems and corporation is a perversion. If you consider that what was just laid down in this paragraph is correct, then what about a patent? Someone comes up with an idea and patents it and says it's mine. Well, it flies in the face of what's just been laid down. It is the exact opposite of what's just been laid down. It's not your idea. You just happen to be rethinking the idea that has already been thought. But to get back to the slamming statement made in the middle here of the things that don't exist, matter, motion, time, change, dimension, and substance have no existence and as jason was reading it it made me think of my old days when i was first learning about digital animation and video um, or an old flip card animation right if we go back and look at old film uh, most of it's at 24 frames a second so there's a still picture 24 still pictures that are flipped one after the other after the other and our mind creates the illusion that there is motion and movement there. And the moment he read that, I began to think of all the illusions that have become so normalized that we don't even take the time to challenge the basis of what we're being presented with. It's a hell of a statement to say that matter, motion, time, change, dimension, and substance have no actual existence. And if I was going to take a stab based on the spiritual learning that I have done in my lifetime, it's because of change. If a thing constantly changes, then it's never the same as it was. Therefore, it can never be called real per se. And that's, again, coming back to why gold is so special, because it's the one thing that I know of or that I have learned about in this creation, which doesn't appear to change like everything else. And while in the long run, I'm sure gold must change eventually over millions of years, I don't know. But the point is, in the short run, it acts differently than all the other things around us. And it echoes into what's being stated here by a man who claims, you know, 30-some-odd days of illumination.
1: We seemingly live in two universes, the still-cosmic-mind universe of knowing and the moving-thought-of-mind rhythmic-wave universe of sensing. We cannot sense the cosmic universe of God's knowing, nor can we know the thought wave universe of God's thinking. The cosmic mind universe of the one light of all knowing is all that is. The vibrating thought wave universe of sensing merely seems. So
0: that last sentence is a heck of a thing
1: because of
0: the importance of cymatics and things. He's basically saying that that's an illusion. It's creating what we see here in 3D material reality. But his last line points to, I mean, I don't even know how to frame it. The vibrating thought wave universe of sensing merely seems. It seems to be what we think it is. But truly, it's not what we think
1: it is. The one still light of God is the cosmic light which watches over all creating things at countless points, locatable by man, but invisible to man. Man's senses have misled him into believing in a force called magnetism, which attracts compass needles and lifts tons of steel. These phenomena of motion are due to electricity and not to magnetism. The cosmic light is absolutely still. It neither attracts nor repels. We now need to comprehend the nature and purpose of the magnetic poles of suns, planets, and all other moving extensions of the one light. Likewise, we need to know the nature and purpose of the two electric workers which interweave this light mirage of seeming motion and dissolve it sequentially for rebuilding. This will give a foundation of knowledge to man which will enable him to see behind the illusions which deceive his senses. These
0: ideas about being
1: deceived by
0: our senses, sight, smell, touch, sound, it echoes back through the oldest religious traditions, spiritual traditions that we can see. But buried in here, I ran into it. I don't know how long ago I ran into Walter Russell for the first time, but I was always wrestling with the idea of, you know, is there truly one force? Hear what he's pointing at is uh electricity is the one force and i believe it's in the universal one where he describes magnetism as the daughter of electricity but again this one paragraph begins to rip the band-aid off all the illusions we are currently taught in school by our corporate religion systems and they've been already addressed hundreds if not thousands of years ago uh, in other spiritual traditions talking about how our senses mislead us, almost like our senses are nothing more than a test that we have to overcome in a way.
1: Man must know that his power lies in the stillness of his centering self and not in the motion by means of which he manifests that stillness. He must know that his self is God in him. Also, he must know gradually the dawning awareness of the cosmic light of God in him, for with it comes an awareness of his purposefulness in manifesting the light and the power to manifest it. Man must now know the universe of God for what it is instead of what his senses have made him believe it to be. Also, he must know that this forever-creating universe, which seems so real to him, is but a cosmic cinema conceived by the master playwright. It is but an electrically projected, spectrum-colored light and sound wave motion picture play of cause and effect thrown on the black screen of imaged space and time. The cause is real. The effect is but a simulation of the reality. The self of man is cause. His self-creating body is effect. God's universe of magnetic light is static.
0: Man, just so, so much here. You know, we begin to the, the last half of that paragraph, and then we begin to consider entertainment and those who work on the stage in our world, based on what we were just told by Walter Russell here, it kind of spins a new light on it. But going back to the top where he's talking about the power of stillness, it seems to me that the modern world, one of its missions is to keep us constantly far away from being still and one of the tests that i would urge people to do because i did it on myself years and years ago some probably a tibetan buddhist book i was reading maybe in my 20s and it said the average person can't sit for a minute and think about nothing and i thought that's ludicrous that's ridiculous i can do that well i tested it and i couldn't do it and then i kept reading and it said things like on average an individual, every time an individual takes a breath, a new thought pops into their mind. And then it begins to talk about where those thoughts coming from. Are you creating those thoughts? Are you thinking hot dog, take a breath, train, take a breath. What am I doing tomorrow? Take a breath. I wonder where my girlfriend is. Take a breath. That is what was being laid out before me. And as I began to test it, I realized it was true. I was in fact thinking about Lord knows how many thousands of things that seemingly I had no part in, in the course of a day. But what really bothered me was I couldn't keep my mind still, uh, for one minute. (laughs) And so I went to work trying to learn how to meditate and it doesn't take long where you begin to make progress. But the thing about it is if you quit doing it, it's not like riding a bike. you I don't know whether you forget or you you lose ground. You have to kind of start over again. And this led me forward into my life up to the point where one day I realized there was music playing in my head and I didn't start that music. As a matter of fact, the music I was hearing, I couldn't even remember maybe when the last time I'd heard the song. Who turned on the damn music and why can't I turn it off? And it was inferior, infuriating that the harder I tried to turn the music off. It felt like I was getting further and further away, but I kept at it, and now it is a simple matter for me to turn the music off. As a matter of fact, I I very rarely find myself in that position of, I guess they call it an earworm, but these are all echoes that confirm to me what Walter Russell is laying down here
1: I can accept. Man is the only unit in creation who has conscious awareness of the spirit within him and electrical awareness of duly conditioned light acting upon his senses. All other units of creation have electrical awareness only. Man alone can be freed from body to think with God, to talk with God, and be inspired by his centering light. All other units of creation are limited in their actions to automatic reflexes from sensed memories built up through ages of sensing and recording such sensing as instinct.
0: So if what was just said here is true, and I accept that it is, how is it that we overlook the gift of the divine spark of life as probably the most valuable thing that could ever be given? A man alone can be freed from body to think with God, to talk with God, and be inspired by his centering light. All others, all other creatures in this creation have automatic reflexes. They spend a reactionary life like a deer hears a twig break and runs, flees, constantly reacting to the environment around him, never considering or expanding or planning per se. That's a pretty heavy dose of of the value of what has been granted us. And that's another thing from my point of view that the modern world works very diligently at to try to get us forget. They want us to forget that man alone can be freed from body to think with God, to talk with God and be, expo- and be inspired by his centering light.
1: So before I go any further, I should probably take a moment to uh, ask everyone to consider this man put out a home study course for you to school your children with. Think about all the things that I've read so far that I've pulled from his books and put in a certain order. Is this the kind of person you would want influencing your children? I think that's a brilliant idea. Think about the things that this man is saying and how he tries to um, impress these universal concepts. This is what he's got. I forget how many parts there are. I think 12 to his home study course. And it's out there if you want to check it out and see what it's like, but... I have to say, I'm quite impressed that this man would take the time to create something like that for everyone, for all of humanity. Well, even the, even the existence of the Universal One book, if I've remembered
0: the, the tale correctly, he couldn't afford the printing of such a gorgeous book was unobtainable. And someone just said, this is so important. I will do it. I've got the money and this is important. This is a big deal. And I, I would offer this, particularly for parents trying to homeschool their children. The more information that you deem appropriate to put before your young minds, isn't it really about finding what resonates with that young mind? And that's the opposite of what our schools do. They conform. They they want us all to conform. They're not looking for, oh, that child excels at this, so let's put him over on this path and let's put her over on this path this this young person is clearly an artist a, a musician a mathematician this young mind clearly is interested in engineering these types of ideas and to me to take something like what walter russell has put together that could be used for homeschooling you know isn't this the kind of thing you want to find out if that young mind resonates with things like this
1: there is but one mind functioning universally within all creating things, and that one mind is not stratified nor divided into the more or less. There are no differing conditions of the one mind, nor are there different kinds of minds. God is the imaginer of His one idea. All imagining is God's imagining." All creating forms in this thought universe of God's imagining are built in the image of his imagining, creating in his image.
0: You know, it reminds me of Jason. I, I'm thinking it's probably the Marvel movies. How many movies have you seen where they zoom out from Earth and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going? And then eventually it looks like a brain. You know what I'm talking about? I think they did it in one of the Iron Men Man's. in Black,
1: they did it in at the end, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. And so it's funny how in an offhand way, Hollywood is so tritely throwing out kind of a monumental
1: spiritual idea. All forms in this creating universe of imagined forms are but electric recordings of God's imaginings. They have no existence. Records of idea are not the idea they record. They have no substance. They are but black and white lights of sun-centered wave fields of space assembled in vibrating systems to simulate substance in an objective universe which is not but seems to be. God's imagining never began and will never end. It was not created at some remote past time by some vast cosmic event as commonly believed nor is it condemned to a heat death by expansion into nothingness. This is a creating universe, not a created one.
0: That's a big statement at the end. You know, Jason, when we were putting together Shoot the Moon, and I'd come up with the idea to put in the cards uh, with text on them to try to communicate ideas uh, connected to the sky clock that had been filmed through my telescope, uh, what reminds me of what was just said here, I tried to reach a different version of through uh, the ruby out of Omar Khayyam. So these very same ideas, you can find them expressed in a slightly different way, slightly different culture. Well, very different culture and an absolutely different language as if those people who have managed to see through the veil, the illusion, uh, seem to have a commonality and what they tried to communicate back to us. And I would suggest that the chord insert that talks about a flickering light of a shadow show that I put into Shoot the Moon is another reflection of what's just been said by Walter Russell here.
1: So that's probably going to be a good place to pause for hour one. I don't know if anyone's figured it out yet, but the way Walter Russell tried to explain this is that we are all God and God is us, and everything is just an intertwined oneness, I guess, is the best way I could try and explain it.
0: One of the most important ideas here is a thing that our Western society has driven far from our minds, and if a thing can be done to one, it is being done to everybody. And for those of us who grew up in America, we were so content all those decades to watch some country be invaded or some war happened somewhere else. And we are perfectly okay with it because we're Americans that could never happen here. Well, Walter Russell told the truth. Not only can it happen here, it damn well might be happening here right now. And so now the shoe is on the other foot. Do we need to go back and reassess how willing we were to go invade other countries and to take part in wars where murder, is somehow morphed using language and ideas to become an okay thing, a patriotic thing, or is that in fact an abrogation, a, a a pollution of the purity of what it means to be granted the divine spark of life. These are the big ideas for me coming into the new era and For me, these systems all have to come down. They're all low vibrational systems, all of them. The money, the credit, the even the way we drive cars. We turn the key and corruption spews from the tailpipe. These are ideas and methods that now have to go. We're going somewhere different. And I suspect that dark and light have a constant tug of war. And that when we come to an age change, it intensifies. And I suspect that what we're seeing now is maybe an intensified version of what's happened many, many times before. But what I'm beginning to realize is that what I do, even if it seems so infinitesimally tiny and only in my little tiny world, it matters. If I do the right thing, it matters. If you do the right thing, it matters. If we care for one another, it matters. These are the big ideas that we can lead the minds around us to consider through the writings of someone like Walter Russell. Do you have anything else to add, Jason, before we prep up for hour two?
1: So in hour two, we're going to keep going with these concepts and get into what Walter Russell has to say about the concept of light. There's a big one.
0: All right, I'm going to wrap up. We're going to come back for hour two here shortly. So that's been hour one of episode 536 with just me and Jason covering Walter Russell. Again, I urge everyone to get the Universal One. Rose is actually out contacting the last president of the Walter Russell Society and the museum itself. We're going to try to work out if we can get some kind of a discount. I can't guarantee it, but we're going to do what we can to try to make this available to people. At the best price we can we can get it. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is c r r o w seven 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 radio.com. Members know to log in for the full episode, and they get access with their membership to all the forums. There are hundreds, if not probably more than that. They get access to comments under every episode. Those comments areas are generally specific to the episode at hand. And, of course, they get free access to the film Shoot the Moon, which is two hours long, now has 10 awards from the film circuit. And uh, I think it has five lunar waves. It has the first filming of the sun we do not see, as far as I know. Uh, I was the first person who shot it in 2015. It's probably not true, but that's all I'm aware of. Uh, With that, we're going to prep up for hour two, and I hope to see you all over at the website as logged in members, and I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.